Hey everyone, this is Aspet Bedrosian. And this is Hovik Manucharyan. And we're talking with Gev Iskadjian on the latest conditions and events during the Artsakh blockade. Gev is with the ANC in Artsakh, nagorno karabakh He lives in Stepanagerd. Today is April 4, 2023. This is the 114th day of the Artsakh blockade. Hey Gev. Hi guys, hope you're well. Hey Gev. Uh, Gev, tell us how uh, the living conditions are right now. It's been a while. Yeah, so there's been one slight change that I think is is worth mentioning. Uh, actually, too, the now the gas has been off for, as you guys remember, we on the last episode we talked about how the gas has been on. It was for a week or two, which was the longest period of time during this blockade. Unfortunately, a few days after that, the gas went out again. Yeah. So last time out. we talked, uh, as a reference yeah. point, it was March 19th. So a few days yeah. after March 19th. And I think the gas was cut off the day after. Yeah. So, and it's still been cut off. It's actually one of the longest, most prolonged periods of time without any uh, resupply. So that situation is there. It's still quite difficult for folks to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you know, positive side uh, to things is as the weather uh, continues to clear up, as it becomes less cold, the uh, toll on the electric grid decreases. Uh, and because of that, though we still have rolling blackouts throughout the day, after 7 p.m., everyone's lights are on, which is good. And then it again, at 7 a.m., the blackouts start. So it went from a 24-hour rolling blackout period to a 12-hour. Yeah. Gev, a couple of days ago, I read about this 26-year-old fellow who stepped on a landmine farming, and he lost his foot. What do we know about this? So, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is a recent news item. Uh, this is something that, that we see here often. I, I would say, you know, once every few months we hear of this. The good thing is that uh, the person who was introduced to that, you know, mine explosion, doctors were able to save their lives. But as happens with many of these people that come across these mines, uh, unfortunately, he had severe medical issues and i believe they had to amputate his leg yeah they'd said in fact the the blast severed his foot so uh, i'm very sorry to hear that it's old news but i think it's important to highlight that the situation in Artsakh is getting even more critical by the day Uh, on march 25 the azerbaijanis captured two strategic hilltops in Artsakh, and they they basically now have the alternative what was supposed to be the alternative road around Shushi, completely blockaded. And as a result, five villages on the west side of Artsakh that were still in the Shushi district, the Hinshan being one of them, are now completely isolated. And the only way that we can get supplies to and from is through the Russian peacekeepers. So we have a mini blockade inside a blockade. That is a very worrying situation. I just wanted to Return to it some other day, but that's all I wanted to tell our listeners. Now, going back to the energy blockade, one thing I noticed is that uh, Azerbaijani press over the last week has been focusing a lot on the Sarsang Reservoir. And some analysts in Armenia believe that that may be the next target of Azerbaijanis. And that would be just, I think, just horrific. What can you tell us about the situation in Sarsang? Because last time we checked, you know, the water level was pretty low. And have you had any precipitation recently? Or do you are you aware of anything regarding Sarsang in general? One good thing is we had some rainfall and actually a little bit of snowfall in the last week. 
though I know that the sensitivities around the Sarsang issue are really high, and uh, both, you know, on behalf of the government and, and the populace here, it is a major worrying point, both because of, you know, increasing Azerbaijani interest, uh, they already have some access, quite a bit of access to it. And to the fact that when, you know, the summer months uh, roll around, there is a chance that we might be facing a real water shortage here as well. What's their access to Sarsang, Gav? Following the 2020 war, I know that they have created some type of commission where Azeris regularly get to inspect the Sarsang reservoir. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, they have, to a certain extent, direct access to it. I see. Do they have access to turning on uh, the irrigation and turning it off? Or is that in the hands of the Artsakh government? Uh, that uh, I'm not privy to, but I can look into it. Yeah, I believe I believe it's in the hands of the Artsakh government. They were not able to reach Sarsang militarily. But out of goodwill, Artsakh has been over the last two years cooperating with Azerbaijan and allowing water to egress the reservoir for irrigation purposes for nearby Azerbaijani dwellings, uh, towns. But I think that Armenian authorities said that this year there probably won't be any of that because of the critical situation. And that's maybe, that will probably be another tension point that even if Azerbaijanis don't do anything now, you know, I'm worried that they may use that as a pretense that, you know, hey, now, you know, to do something. So that's why it's always on top of my mind. Yeah, I think that they're upping the rhetoric on this already. So that may be yeah. coming true, Hovig. Gave last week, Artsakh Foreign Minister Sergei Ghazarian met with a French delegation that was visiting Armenia. I also read that possibly they might try to visit Artsakh, but there was no follow-through on that. I suspect they didn't make it. Specifically, they went to Sunik and they said great things like anyone attacking Sunik would be attacking France. Is attacking that specific <laughs> right. region. That right, from, right. Yeah. Uh, so I was just wondering if uh, anything good came out of the foreign minister meeting uh, the French delegation also. Uh, you know, uh, again, look, these statements are, are good insofar as they shed light on the situation. They help bring some media attention, albeit at times muted. And, you know, it's another like tiny step that, that we, we get towards a, a certain goal. However, this always goes back to the point that, that I always hammer home especially when it comes to the French delegations, which are a little more experienced in this. Oftentimes they'll come here, oftentimes they'll meet with our representatives and they'll say the best possible things. But just when we need them to step up, just when we need them to take, you know, some tangible action, they, they always uh, make sure to, you know, stop right. it at a certain point. Uh, if you guys remember if a few weeks ago, almost a month ago, it was, uh, French representatives from the French foreign ministry uh, that also stated that sanctions are not on the table right now. And, it's you know, the sad part is, or the difficult part is that even if that was the current position of the French government, saying that, signaling that to Azerbaijan is a huge blow to us. It's a bigger blow to us than it is for one of them to come here and, and say a statement of solidarity, because then they signal to Azerbaijan that they're not going to take any action. And what more can you want if you're Azerbaijan, you know? Yeah. So before we close, uh, we can update you on a breaking situation right now that just occurred in the last couple of hours. A Russian peacekeeping convoy uh, that was bringing in 27 people from Armenia who were residents of Artsakh back to Artsakh, which just stopped by Azerbaijani forces. These forces not only stopped the vehicle, 
but entered and quote unquote tried to inspect the vehicle itself. And you can imagine how much of a traumatizing experience it is for oh, women, totally. children, and the elder. You know, Azerbaijani forces come in and you know enter their vehicle. This vehicle was not only stopped, but they made these residents return back to Goris. So this is further proof against all their lies that not only is this blockade ongoing, not only are people not able to come into the country, but even Russian peacekeeping cars and trucks mm-hmm. are now being stopped. And unfortunately, due to the situation, a few folks uh, were sent to the hospital as well. Were they injured in any way? Uh, I, I believe some of the, and we'll find out in you know the coming hours and days, I, I believe some of the folks had health conditions, whether it was mm-hmm. elderly or children. And, you know, the traumatizing experience of just having, uh, you know, Azerbaijani forces enter your vehicle, I, I think it exacerbated those conditions. Okay. Since this just happened, you probably don't have all of the news. Um, let's talk maybe tomorrow or the day after and uh, catch up on this issue. Sounds good, guys. We'll keep you up to date. Okay. Thank you, Gev. Take care, Gev. 